Welcome to The Daily Dose, where we are currently walking through an overview of the entire Bible. Join us today as we learn the story of Scripture and see God's redemptive plan through Christ from cover to cover. Let's listen to Matt Reister, Director of Christian Crusaders and the Cedar Falls Bible Conference. Today we're going to finish chapter 8 of Zechariah. We started that yesterday with the coming peace and prosperity of Zion. Remember, the tables have turned and God is promising a new day in Jerusalem in the near term and in the very long term. Let's look more at that, chapter 8, verse 14 and following. For thus says the Lord of hosts, As I purposed to bring disaster to you when your fathers provoked me to wrath, and I did not relent, says the Lord of hosts, so again I have purposed in these days to bring good to Jerusalem and to the house of Judah. Fear not. Stop right there. I don't want to beat a dead horse. I've said this quite a bit. There's another reference to the wrath of God. It's part of his character, and he did not relent. The, the fathers of the people receiving this message, the forefathers, were sinful. They walked away from the Lord. They walked away from the covenant. They worshiped false gods. They treated each other unjustly. And it provoked the Lord to wrath, and he didn't relent against them for a long time. That's not all that God is, is a God of wrath, but that's part of who God is. And we can't try to manage God and redefine God into some description or some set of character traits that we prefer. Rather, we need to define God and understand him according to what the Bible says. The Bible says he's a God of wrath. He's been provoked to wrath, and that's part of it. But that's not all. Thank God that's not all. Otherwise, we'd be dead by now. says that he's now proposed to bring good to Jerusalem. So he's a God of compassion and blessing and mercy. And we experience both of these things. The reason I harp on not redefining God as not being a God of wrath or justice or vengeance is because if he's not those things, then the fact that he's compassionate and merciful at the same time that he is those things loses some of its amazingness. So God being compassionate and merciful to the point where he would save us by sending his son, sacrificing himself That's amazing in light of the fact that he's a God of wrath who has to punish sin. He's holy and just. So I'll stop on that for now again. (laughs) Verse 16, these are the things that you shall do. Speak truth to one another. Render in your gates judgments that are true and make for peace. Do not devise evil in your hearts against one another and love no false oath. For all these things I hate, declares the Lord. He's saying, listen, I poured out my wrath against your fathers, but now I intend to do good to you and to Jerusalem. So therefore live in a way that is reflective of the things that I have called you to do, which your fathers walked away from. Let's, in other words, let's not go down that path again. Verse 18, And the word of the Lord of hosts came to me, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, The fast of the fourth month, and the fast of the fifth month, and the fast of the seventh month, and the fast of the tenth month, shall be to the house of Judah seasons of joy and gladness and cheerful feasts. So you remember we mentioned this yesterday. There's these fasts that the people of Judah have been doing for 70 years in many cases because they are remembrances of things that happened as part of God's punishment against Judah at the hands of the Babylonians, and they fast during the months that those things happened. In the fourth month, the walls of Jerusalem were breached. In the fifth month, the walls of the city fell. In the seventh month, Gedaliah was assassinated. And in the tenth month, that's when the siege of the city first began. So they fasted at all these times, mourning and for the people who were faithful and repentant. This is a time of turning from their sin or remembering their sin or being sorrowful sorrowful for their sin. 
and this is of course pleasing to God to see some kind of repentance and a and a soft heart in this fasting. Remember though, he doesn't want them to just go through the motions of fasting. He wants them to be fasting for the right purposes. It's not just about fasting, but it's about why you're fasting. So he's telling them, these fasts that you've been doing, in many cases for 70 years, for generations, they're going to turn into seasons of joy and gladness because, again, the tables have turned. This is important right here at the end of verse 19. Therefore, love, truth, and peace. In other words, kind of a restatement of what we talked about above. The tables have turned. I'm going to treat you differently because the time of punishment is over. And so in response to my grace and mercy, love, truth, and peace. Now, this is the thing. The word love there is not primarily talking about an emotional response. Rather, this is a commitment to devotion. Love, truth, and peace. Reminds me of what we find in John 14, 21. This is one of my favorite verses, especially in a culture where love gets thrown around like crazy and means a bunch of stuff that it was never intended to mean gets put in country and rock songs and defined in ways that are just super, super shallow. And in, in those misdefinitions of love, then we project onto love that God refers to, and we're all screwed up about what love of God is. Here's what John 14, 21 says. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. So what does it say it is to love the Father? It's to have his commandments and obey them. We give evidence of our love to God by doing what he tells us to do by living according to the design that he gives us to live by. That's why in verse 19 of Zechariah chapter 8, it says, therefore, because I'm treating you graciously, because I'm treating you mercifully, because the season of punishment and judgment is over, therefore, the correct response would be to love truth and peace, to be committed to truth and peace, not just have this fluffy, superficial feeling that we call love but to be deeply committed in a way that is evidenced by your behavior. Let's finish it out. Verse 20. Thus says the Lord of hosts, People shall yet come, even the inhabitants of many cities. The inhabitants of one city shall go to another, saying, Let us go at once to entreat the favor of the Lord and to seek the Lord of hosts. I myself am going. Many peoples and strong nations shall come to seek the Lord of hosts in Jerusalem and to entreat the favor of the Lord. Thus says the Lord of hosts, in those days, ten men from the nations of every tongue shall take hold of the robe of a Jew, saying, let us go with you, for we have heard that God is with you. This is actually a prophecy that was fulfilled in Acts 2 during Pentecost when the Spirit of God came down. You remember in Acts 2, it talked about there being people from all these different areas and all these different languages, and they could understand the, the words that were being spoken because there was a supernatural event that took place where they could understand each other in their own language, even though they were speaking in different tongues. And this is also a reference to what's going to happen much further down the road at the end of time when there will be people from every tribe, tongue, and nation who have trusted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and will be grafted into the family of God, will be in the new heavens, new earth, new Jerusalem, and they'll be in the presence of God for eternity. An amazing text, again, from Zechariah as we look forward to what's going to happen as God's redemptive plan 
continues to unfold. The Daily Dose is a partnership between four ministries. First is Christian Crusaders, where you can find weekly 30-minute worship services at christiancrusaders.org, and where you can hear engaging interviews and other content on one of our three podcasts. Second is Fresh Wind Worship, whose weekly worship services are available on their YouTube channel, Fresh Wind Ministries, and linked to their Facebook page, Fresh Wind Worship. Third is the Cedar Falls Bible Conference, whose conference videos are available at cedarfallsbibleconference.com. And please consider joining us for our 100th annual conference on Saturday, July 31st through Saturday, August 7th in 2021. If you or someone you know could benefit from an anonymous online Christian mentor, please visit issuesiface.com, which is provided by Power to Change Digital Strategies, our fourth partnering ministry. Please subscribe to this podcast, leave a five-star review, and prayerfully consider financially supporting one of our partnering ministries. And check our episode notes for links and more details. Thank you for listening, and may God richly bless you.